What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Ren. With me, as always, Angelo. Austin's out today. We missed last week's basketball episode because Angelo had a little bit of a family emergency out of town, so we just opted not to record it. It's been a rough couple months for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot going on. Um, that said, uh, we did have some fun. Keep your podcatchers open on January 1st. What the hell is a podcatcher? Podcatcher. So that's actually the term for any um, subscription-based podcast platform. So like Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, they, they in general are called podcatchers. The more you know. Um, but yeah, if you don't have notifications or anything enabled for us, just... Check wherever you listen to on Monday, January 1st, 2024. Um, that said, Merry Christmas. This episode will release on Christmas Eve. Yes, yes. Christmas Eve. Yeah, so... So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, all we want for Christmas is for Austin to be here. It, it'll happen eventually. Um, not a ton to talk about right now, but we're going to... We're going to talk a bit about a few things today. There's even a, though we I, missed we missed a month and you're telling me there's not a lot to talk there is no, no way no, no, there's no what I'm, what I'm what I'm saying is there's not like a lot to talk about recently. Like in terms of recent NBA news, it, it's been kind of a slow couple weeks. Um that said, we did we're going to talk about the Draymond Green situation because I I think we still need to talk about the Draymond Green situation. Um We'll talk on that same kind of train of thought. We'll talk about Demetrius's return. Did you watch that first game? No. Okay. He. he we'll talk about it, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about some trade rumors. Um, if you're not aware, over the past few weeks, you've probably noticed there's been a lot more trade discussions ramping up, trade rumors, that kind of thing. And you might be wondering why, and a lot of people don't know why, which is. December 15th is the date when players signed over the summer or most of the players signed over the summer become available for trade. So a lot more options are on the table. So that's really when we start to get movement on the trade front. That said, over the last two years, there's been zero trades in the last two weeks of December, like from December 15th to the 31st. And in entirety from those last two weeks of December all the way up until the week before the deadline. There's only been six trades over the last two years. So not saying it's impossible for there to be a trade, but just the rumors right now are just rumors. It's improbable. It's improbable, not impossible, but improbable. Yeah. Um. So let's, let's go ahead and let's open with the Draymond. Let's talk about Draymond. Okay. Um, Suspended indefinitely after soccer punching Yusuf Nurkic. Um, that was funny, honestly. How was it funny? Like just the way it happened. Oh, funny. oh, like the like, it it looked like a video game animation, kind of. Yes, yes, it absolutely did. So my issue with this is, for the longest time, we've been saying, like we being us and anyone on a platform of any kind. That it's like the Golden State Warriors will not take accountability for Draymond Green or will not place accountability on him. 
it's always that he's misunderstood or I didn't see the play. That's Purr's common response. But they are acknowledging <laughs> it. Like, Steve Kerr is acknowledging it. Steph Curry is acknowledging it. But the problem is they're not acknowledging it as Draymond Green did something bad. They're spinning it like Draymond's the victim here. Oh, Draymond needs help. We're there for Draymond through this as he fights to get <laughs> back. Like, this You're joking. Yeah, no, 100%. That's my biggest problem with it is you have a player in Steph Curry who is a generational player. He's probably right after LeBron, currently the most looked up to player by young athletes around the world. And when he's not coming out and basically calling it what it was, which was a dirty play, Draymond Green is a dirty player. Before we, before you got home, I was actually just watching a 24-minute video of Draymond Green's dirty plays. It's 24 minutes. Half of them were in the last, like, 40 games. <laughs> There's probably, like, a two-hour Snyder cut somewhere of his dirty plays. A Snyder cut. It's, it's disappointing that it continues to happen. And, like... For me, the indefinite suspension should have been the stomp on DeMontis Sabonis because that was not just oh, a dirty play. That was beyond dangerous. Um, he could have actually seriously injured him, and that that they didn't come out right then and end it. it it's just disappointing. I am exhausted of Draymond Green. So, I have a different uh, way I want to spin this because... Okay, Steve, calm down. (laughs) So, what is one of the major critiques of the modern NBA from old school players? So, Draymond Green should be their their favorite player, should they not? If, If you... Want to say that it's too soft, then isn't the counter-argument Draymond Green? Isn't this something that a por- No, isn't this something that a portion of the older NBA fans should love? Because honestly, that is the way that a lot of the things he does is the way it used to be, is it not? To an extent, I don't remember any of the bad boy Pistons suplexing someone, but... <laughs> like I the complaint about the physicality in the NBA is that there's not physicality within the context of the game. You can't breathe on a shooter without a foul being called. You set a screen too hard, they're going to call you for a moving screen. There's so much of that being taken away. It would be like if in football like what people are saying. So if in football you couldn't wrap your arms around someone when you tackled them suddenly, it's softer now, right? It, it doesn't, I mean, it does severely change the game, but contextually it doesn't change the game, but it is a softer game. I mean, there is something like that in football now compared to the old one, which is the quarterbacks not being able to be hit uh, below the waist in the pocket now. 
Yeah, like, but these things are made to protect the players, and I totally get it. I think that it's yeah. in in basketball, it's kind of created some issues because, like, it's automatically a flagrant if you step underneath the shooter when he's jumping, which is yeah. totally fine, except for the place. fact that yeah. all the shooters know that, and so they kick their legs forward. And there was a situation that's in my head because the other night the Clippers and Pacers played and they initially called a flagrant on Buddy Heald and then they reviewed it and they ruled that it wasn't even a foul, which it should have been a common foul because he did make contact with them. But because Harden kicked his legs forward, it it's a ticky-tack rule. Um, but when people are nostalgic for the physicality of the old NBA. They're talking more like 2012 Dwight Howard, like the the contact dunks, the physicality in that way, the physicality on defense back when you could actually contest a shooter or contest someone at the rim and not be called for five fouls a game. Does Durymon uh, Green also not like embody that though? Not he did. just did. With- oh, he did for sure. I don't think we've seen a player regress quite as hard or as quickly as Draymond in a that's, while. That's fair. Because, like, it, it's weird to say, but the thing that he had that made him so good was basketball IQ. But it's hard to say that when he makes such stupid decisions outside of the context of the game. But no, my my problem is with 30, not... calling it out more frequently. And I, I'm sick of... Like, if you go to any of the comment sections, like, because of how the Warriors are spinning it, like, they are masters of PR, it seems, because people are <laughs> praying for Draymond. Like, why are we praying for Draymond? How long do we, you think he should be suspended for? I think that... It has to be more than Jaw. So more than twenty-five games. Yeah, because Jaw one, he's a repeat offender to an nth degree. Like if you if this were a criminal trial and you had an unbiased judge and you were just showing him that twenty-four minute montage I just watched, the judge is gonna say, "Holy crap! Why is this guy not banned for life?" Um, and I'm not saying like that should happen. I'm just saying like what Jaw did was absolutely stupid but it was outside of a game. Like, he was doing it on his... Like, he was doing it off the clock, even though NBA players are always on the clock. Right. Draymond is doing this on national TV. This is the true image of the league. Because the Warriors are one of the most popular teams of the league. And I just feel like all of this distraction... Like, that, the dynasty's over. Like, we know that. But Steph Curry even with his age, is still one of the best players in the league, and he should be competing for a title. Draymond Green is not helping that. The question is, do you think... If he was someone that the Warriors were looking to move on from, do you think with the baggage a team would offer fair value for him? To find, I guess it would. I guess it would depend. What do you think fair value is? That's the problem with for, this for year. what he's been. No, like 
Like, for what he's done, no. For what he's doing right now, I mean, maybe. He's not worth much. And that's the problem is so far this year, obviously there haven't been trades to set the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, just, I'm trying, I'm pulling up his contract because I don't know. I'm pretty sure he signed million. an extension last year. Yeah, 25 million. Yeah. Cap hit of 22 million. So that's not a difficult contract to match. I, just, I don't think he's worth that, honestly. Even if that's a good deal for... I don't think he's worth that, what he's contributing. Yeah. I, I'd, they would have to sell low. Yeah. But at this point, like, is that worth it from their perspective? Because this is creating... Probably not. ...such a headache. It just, it really does remind me of, like, that helicopter parent that, like, their kid does no wrong and it's like oh little johnny burnt down the school and his mom's on tv praising his creativity like why <laughs> are we not treating this like the problem it is and that that's kind of my problem with it i guess it's true. um so john moran's back we, we talked about that yeah he's had a great start i don't have his stats pulled up why did that not open? Why Austin needs to be here. This is why Austin needs to be here. You'll notice the episodes run more smoothly when Austin's here because Austin does all this for us. And it helps a lot. Yep. Um, okay, I can't pull up John Morant's stats for some reason, but in his first game, I think he dropped 34. Mm-hmm. I think it was 34 and 8. It was a great game to come back. My issue is it doesn't like he learned because instead of approaching it like he should have because there was the post-game questions because of course there's going to be post-game questions after he did that mm-hmm. and they were asking about the suspension about all the drama all that and how it how he came back from it essentially and instead of giving a mature answer you know oh I I, I learned I grew from it I hook up knitting, whatever the case may be, he immediately dropped right back into that jaw persona and talked about how he's just got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's going to be, he's going to do the same thing again. So it the, did... the Grizzlies, oh man, the, the Grizzlies were terrible without jaw. So the Grizzlies oh, are four and six in their last 10. Yep. They've won half their games all season in their last 10 yeah. games. Well, I don't, I don't, do you see a, a, a place where they dig themselves out of this hole? I do. It just relies on Ja not being dumb. Like, obviously, they need him. Like, yes. anyone who has watched a second of basketball can tell you that without Ja Morant, the Grizzlies are kind of mid. They've got nice pieces, but they're mid. Ja changes the game that much and they they, uh, quite honestly i think they put themselves in this situation though with the trades they did because last year when ja went out they were fine they they were not fine this time around i I, correct me if i'm wrong hold on i'm googling wasn't jaron jackson injured recently i feel like he was he missed some time no i guess not i mean he was limited in minutes a few times 
But that that's the more concerning part for me is it seems like the roster is built for Ja to be there, and when he's not there, the wheels are just gone. Yeah, but and that's, that's any that's any that's not team. any competitive team, dude. It's any competitive team that's not like are the Grizzlies a contender? No. Right? They should be. They should be a contender. Yes. With the roster I, they have constructed, yes. I disagree. I uh, disagree. You're they, telling you're telling me John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, you're telling me that shouldn't be a, a, a contending team? Um who who are their wings? Because you named some undersized guards and a undersized big. Who? So they got Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is nice. Um, I'm holy just... crap! They don't have any wings. You think a team can compete without a wing? If it has everything else, yeah. And it does have everything else. They're just so small, though. They are. In the modern NBA, so when you've got Giannis, like the the teams that are actual competitors have Giannis, AD, um, Jokic, Embiid. Like, these are the legit competitors. They're all bigger teams in some way, at least bigger than the Grizzlies. I don't think the Grizzlies are a competing team. I think they're a competitive team. Okay. Um, Because that's how all those teams are. Look, go back to the Heatles days. The Pacers. Pacers were a competitive team. They were never going to get over the hump, but they'd make the Eastern Conference Finals every year. The moment Paul George goes down, what's going to happen? Miss the playoffs. You're in the lottery. That's how this team is also built. It's be built to be a competitive team, but not compete. And they're still young. They're they're a very very young team. But I I really don't think a team in the modern NBA could be a true contender without solid wing play, and they don't have that. Amazing guards, though. Probably the best guard rotation. In the NBA, because they also have freaking Derrick Rose. Yep. But specifically talking about Ja, do you think he learned his lesson? No, he's still too young, honestly. He's 24. Yeah. Uh, I know. That's... <sighs> Moving along. Um, actually, I, I want I just remembered this. I saved this in my notes to ask. <coughs> Sir. As the kids say, is this cap or no cap? Cap Russell, or no cap. Cap or no cap. New segment. Oh, uh, Russell Westbrook. Post game interview. Uh-huh. Uh, this is quoting verbatim here. Okay. Ain't too many people defending better than me at this point if we're keeping it honest. I'll let the numbers speak for that and y'all talk about it. But we just keeping it a buck. 
Ain't too many people defending better than me at this position all around the league. Do you agree? I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to look some things up right now after he said that. Russell Westbrook. I, I, reference. I, initially, I think it's cap. It's 100% cap, but I want to see what the stats say. I can tell you that since acquiring defensive staple James Harden, Westbrook has dropped in the rotation. Where's his advanced metrics? Advanced. <laughs> That's his PER. It, it it just it gives me Patrick one, Beverly vibes. One point one defensive win shares. It it gives me end of Patrick Beverly career vibes. It's cap. It's cap. It, it is cap. It's so cap. Eight and better than me. I mean, his rebounding numbers are really good. Yeah, but they've always been decent. Yeah. He does, I mean, almost 2% blocks per guard. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I just wanted it's your cap. opinion on it. It's cat. Here's the greater question, though. Do you think that because one of the things that did happen while we were away for a month, uh, Clippers are back, fam. Yeah, no, I think that they've definitely become a competitive team. I'm yeah, I was wrong. I thought the trade would not work out. I told you. What did I tell you? I told you. But I, I think there's like. We we talked about this last season a lot, that one of the things that makes the NBA, in my opinion, the best sports league in the world is the fact that it has narrative, their storylines, yeah. greater than other sports leagues because it happens every night. Um, there's a good narrative here because the Clippers, if they win, it would be the Clippers' first franchise, correct? Yes. Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, these are players that have been relevant the better part of the past decade and a half it'd be all of their first titles yep so it would be a a great story do i think it's gonna happen i i don't know i still we're only 30 games into the season we'll see how healthy they are going into the playoffs that's that's where i'm because i could see a world where i pick them to make it out the west but i can also see a world where i pick them to get eliminated in the first round so we'll see how their health looks as the season wanes on. But right now, looking really good. No, they're honestly looking kind of a. Oh my. They're 9 1 in their last 10, dude. Josh Primo? Yeah. <laughs> Josh Primo, dude. Okay. Okay. Um, but they do have what you said the Grizzlies don't. They do have wing play. They have amazing wing play. They have amazing wing play. Do you... In that same train of thought, they kind of have mid-bigs. They do have mid-bigs. They're a team that could be... Zubach. Zubach and Mason Plumley, right? Yep. 
So, I mean, they're a team that could be players on the trade market. I don't think they've got the assets to make a big splash I th- anywhere. I don't think after that James Harden deal, I don't think they got the assets to make a big splash. But no, but I, I mean, they could. They could be. I don't know, like financially, how it would work because I don't have everything pulled up in front of me. But we're we're about to talk about trade rumors, and specifically, one of the teams we're going to talk about is the Chicago Bulls. And oh, no. <laughs> by far their hardest asset to move is going to be uh, Vucevic. Yes. Just because of his cost valuation. I don't know if the Clippers make a run for Like, would Vuce really be that big of an upgrade over Zubox? Yeah, I don't know. I would. Yes. <laughs> you th- really? I got I got to look that up, too. I. Versus Stat Muse. Stat Muse is my favorite thing to have. Go for it. Um, da, 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 da. I just. I, I'm open to being wrong, but it, it doesn't. Just. Initial initial thought. No, it's not that big of a difference to pay. I mean, I will say in their head to head matchups. Vucevic uh, wins. Um. Okay, points per game. Last season, Vucevic seventeen, Zubac nine. Rebounds, Vucevic ten and a half, Zubac seven. Assists, mm. Vucevic three, Zubac one. Steals, Vucevic one, Zubac point three. Blocks, they're both at one and one. I, it's a pretty big difference. Okay. And no matter what, moving Mason Plumley down your rotation is a net positive, no matter what. That's true. Um, so I, I don't think that could work out just because contractually, I'm Money. like, you've got Westbrook, you've got Harden, you've got. But who knows? I've seen crazier things happen. We had a team of Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. So. Um. I, I could see them getting involved as like a third team just if a team was trying to dump assets. There's a world where they end up with Vucevic, but it's beyond unlikely. Um, I can't think of any other bigs that are available, though. Unless you go for like... Like the Pacers have three centers on the roster: Jalen Smith, Miles um, Turner, and Isaiah Jackson. And unless they were to like get in on that, like a young center, but mm-hmm. I still don't know what they would be trading to make that happen. That's the problem: is I just don't think the Clippers have the assets to make a big splash. But I think that besides health, if there's an Achilles heel to the Clippers, it's the big. Yeah, no. Um, so go ahead and talk trades. Um, so the first one we'll talk about is probably the least likely one. Um, I don't know if you saw last week we found out that the Utah Jazz no longer consider Laurie Markkinen unmovable. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to trade him, and it would probably take a package like Gobert to move him. But we like know... Gobert. Interesting. I, I think that's fair. 
if you look at their production, Gobert was older. Gobert was an offensive black hole. If he caught the ball more than 10 feet away from the rim, he looked like a deer in the headlights. About to get splattered by an 18-wheeler. Markinen on the other side is an incredibly versatile offensive player. A little bit to be desired on the defensive end of the ball. If you are a team looking for a second or a third star on the offensive side of the ball, are you pulling the trigger if you've got those assets for Markinen? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I have been living in abject fear since the moment like I read that that I'm going to wake up and there's a notification that he's on the Indiana Pacers, and that's not because I don't like Markinen because, again, Markinen's probably the most versatile scorer in the West, not named Kevin Durant. But he does leave a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the ball, which is something the Pacers desperately need. And I really wish the Cavs would have moved him. The weird thing is, I think the best possible fit for Markkanen is back on the Cavs. (laughs) I mean, there is a world because I I don't know if you've been following even Cavs rumors, but Jared Allen, yeah, I could see Jared Allen and even Donovan Mitchell. I don't believe that one. I don't believe that one. I do to an extent. I do to an extent. I think that there is a world where the Cavs management is looking at that undersized backcourt and seeing the same thing that I'm saying, which is that's too small to win in the NBA. We're at a point where you have the Luka Doncic's, the Tyrese Halliburton's, the... So you think they're just going to give the reins to Garland? Grant, I wouldn't, like... I, I think but... I think it comes because Garland's controllable because of because we drafted him, yeah, right. Whereas Mitchell's free agency quickly is approaching, and I'm not saying I don't know if there's been any rumbling about him potentially testing the market, mm-hmm. but that's a possibility, and I think the Cavs ownership would be doing a disservice to themselves not to be considering that. Um, What's up? Mitchell is hands down currently your best player. I think very soon it's going to be Evan Mobley. Yeah. I that's kind of why I get the Jared Allen rumors because I think like at some point we need to move Mobley to center. Mobley just, makes Mobley makes Jared Allen very expendable for sure. Yeah. But I think that just time, needs to happen. I think Garland makes Mitchell expendable and vice versa. Obviously Mitchell is the much better player. Yes. But you have a lot of riches at that position to where you can justify moving one or the other for more of a need. But what would we move Garland for, I guess, or Garland, Mitchell for, I guess is the question. Uh, That's ideally in a perfect world if I was swapping Garland for another player, like just plug and play. No, Mitchell. I, I meant Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell? Yeah. Um, I misspoke. The value doesn't work directly, but it would be a player like a Drew Holiday. Because... I don't know if I'd like that. It It's someone who can be that tertiary scorer and also be a perimeter defender because you know Mobley's going to get anyone that gets within, you know, six feet of the rim. But... 
you run into a problem with bigs if the perimeter players you're getting blown by. They have to make a decision to do one of two things, which is either stay in drop coverage on their man or step up on the guard that's now crashing on the basket. Either way they go, they're going to get scored on. They yeah. go to cover the guard, drop pass, the, a wide open dunker layup. They're not going to be in position to uh, get rebounds. Like it, it just hurts the team. Like you have to have great perimeter defenders. And Isaac Okoro's. He's right. a good defender. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's right. a good defender. I, there's, defense, I think, takes the longest to learn. Like it's one of those things that we see players take a longer time to develop. Yeah. Uh, even players when they're in college or overseas that are known for defense, they don't hit the ground running on defense. They're much more likely to be closer to their final player style on the offensive side of the ball than on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, outside of that, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> Do a little flippy. Um, you're going to... You'd have to get other assets back for that one, never mind. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to think, like, swapping players without, like, factoring in how much extra would have to be added. Um, There's not very many players, quite honestly. That's that's the problem. That's, yeah, Mitchell's still probably the second or third best shooting guard in the league right now, so... Yeah. You would... If you were trading him, it would be one because you know he's going to leave in free agency, so you're going to try to get something back for him. Mm-hmm. Or two, you're going for fit and depth. So you're getting a player that fits your scheme better and then depth pieces or future assets. So that's really hard to judge. I don't think there's a world where you would directly get value, the same value back for Donovan Mitchell. Um, Darius Garland's a lot easier, I think, to move. I, like I said, though, you control garland more than you control mitchell so it's why i'm glad i'm not a gm because i would never want to have to make that decision but it is one as they get closer to free agency if the Cavs keep struggling they do need to think about yeah and i i do agree i think jared allen is the most likely to be moved i just the team that i would have best seen him fit on was the Dallas Mavericks and with Derek Lively That's being like amazing it's it doesn't really fit um what about the Lakers That's actually what I was thinking too is the Lakers Lakers uh I don't think the Lakers would do it but they'd have to part way with Austin Reeves probably it, Yeah it would have to be Austin Reeves or it would have to be something involving D'Angelo Russell and I don't think the Cavs Unless there's a third team involved that's getting Russell. I don't see a world where that's likely. Um, maybe they're in on the Bulls. I, the only fair value... And DeRozan would be fair value, but the problem yeah. is the Bulls and the Cavs don't make good trading partners. Yeah. Um, I No, I think it's hard. Honestly, I almost... I almost would prefer if the Cavs just acquired a bunch of draft picks and then waited for a superstar to come on the market. That fits. You mean you mean like the Boston Celtics did and it worked? Yeah, yeah, and that's 
going back to Markin, and that's who I think that the like Danny Ainge is general manager of the Utah Jazz now. He was the Boston Celtics. He's the one that built that war chest, and we know that he likes to do that. Yep. The team that makes the most sense to me if you are trading Markinen, and I don't think they will, he's still too young and too good. You build around him. He's not a flight risk for free agency or anything like that. Um, is the OKC Thunder. He would fit perfectly on a team with Shea, yeah. uh, Giddy Chet. Yeah, you know. The Thunder have assets to flip. The problem is you don't make superstar trades within your own conference or division. Maybe that's just the, like, 2K GM in me, but you don't make your closest geographical opponent better. Um, Chicago Bulls. They just need to blow it up, dude. I said this thing's been failed for years, and... I think uh, so. Do they need to blow it up, or do they just yes. need to trade Zach Levine? Just, just blow it up. Just, just, just. just what if I told you that since Zach Levine's been injured, they are nine and three? That's great. <clears throat> so, is it a situation where they just because Caruso has been Caruso is an amazing Caruso? Defender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been solid offensively as well. DeRozan seems to have found legs again. Vucevic is Vucevic. But over the past three years, Levine, like the team has played better when Levine has been injured. And I don't think it's because Levine is a bad player. I just don't think Levine can be the guy. I think he would work best as a third star on a team. So again, perfect fit would be the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think the Lakers will move Austin Reeves because Austin Reeves is the plan post LeBron, at least as of now. The plan post LeBron. It's Austin Reeves. It's Austin Reeves. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's sad. That's it's, sad. It's not sad. It's sad, dude. But that's just at a glance, the only team that makes sense for Levine to go to as a fit. Now, fit doesn't matter when it comes to what the Bulls care about. And I don't think fit is as important to teams that are on the verge of contending. Um, the What about the Knicks? They, once again, are surprisingly good. I know, but I'm, I'm saying when it comes to Zach Marketing. Levine... No, oh, exactly. We're on Levine now. Hmm. <laughs> or the Heat. The Heat probably. The do Heat make the would most. be nice. Yeah, the Heat make the most sense. Because I'm thinking about Zach Levine, and I'm thinking like, what's a solid defensive team that needs an offensive needs player? Tour, yeah. Yeah, and that because is the Heat. That's that is all heat. you're getting from Levine. But yeah. you don't want Levine to be your number one guy on offense. I don't. It's even not. Think it's Jimmy. It would be Jimmy, and I don't think you'd even want him to be your number two guy, which in the Heat's case, that would be either Bam or Hero. But that's mm -hmm. the issue, is what are the Heat giving up? Because I think any trade between those two, it would have to start with Tyler Hero. Because the yeah. Heat aren't going to give Bam up. No. No. 
No, no, no. Do the Heat have any young players? <laughs> that dude they drafted this year that I that whose name I'm freaking drawing Jovic. a blanket. No, not Yovich. That was that was last year. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to the roster now. Miami Heat roster. Tyler Hero. Jamie Jaquez Jr. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a fun list. <laughs> He's been breaking out this year in a big way. How have the Heat? Jamie Jaquez Jr. No, no, no. Is your answer. I don't think you trade Zach Levine for Jamie Jaquez Jr. Oh, I thought you were asking how the Heat have won as many games as they have, and I, the answer. Oh, it's it's him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not Jimmy Butler. I accept it. <laughs> uh, what? There's not a good fit for Zach Levine. <laughs> it's hard, dude. I think maybe. I th- I think we're going to see a lot of underselling this year. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. I mean, the market over the past few years has been kind of mid. Yeah, you're right. Hold on. I want to look at Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, obviously, I don't think they need to make a change because they're... It's working. It's working. It's working, yeah. But what about the fit? For um, God, is it Levine going back to the Timberwolves? I don't like it. You don't? No. Because think about it; they have enough scoring over there in Ant in Cat, and both of them. Well, not Ant. To to Cat is a defensive liability, and I I don't think they need more scoring. I don't I think, think I would say he's a defensive liability. <laughs> He's not a stopper by any means, but I wouldn't call him a liability. He's playing the four. All right. Let's approach it a different way. What about the Milwaukee Bucks? Do you run a backcourt of Damian Lillard, Zach Levine? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay. Hear me out on this. Uh-huh. Hear me out on this. You do because if you don't, you might not be good enough defensively to get through like the Celtics. Yep. So you and have you won't, for them. And you won't have enough offense to get through them. Right. If, That's if what I was don't. thinking. But well, they like they've got Giannis and Dame. Like, how much more offensive firepower can you add on top of that? Because they've also got Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, um, it's not like they're struggling for offense. But I agree that if a team like the Bucks or the Seventy Sixers, which the Seventy Sixers also 76ers a great team are honestly probably a, yeah, that would be amazing. Great um, for marketing. 
but also I think that would be good for Levine. Yeah, I can agree with that. Because I think that Levine is not Levine is not good enough to even get you out of the first round as your star player. So it doesn't make sense for a team that's not already competing to trade for Levine. I think that of the Bulls' assets, I would be more interested in DeRozan. Just because, again, the Bulls are better when Levine's not there. They're not better when DeRozan's not there. But if you're looking for extra scoring, there's few people better at going and getting a bucket than Zach Levine. So it's in kind of that weird limbo space where the Bulls want to blow it up to rebuild. But the only places they can move these pieces to are teams that are legitimately competitive and also have young superstar talent. Because he'd also fit on the Nuggets. Everything except... Everything fits on the Nuggets. Yeah. God, if you're a shooter and you just go play with Jokic. Um, what about DeRozan, though? Because I, I feel like Vucevic is I think, the least likely I... to be moved just because of his contract. I think he should have. I, 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 it's cliche, but the Lakers, because I, I mean, just want. I want DeRozan to go somewhere to win. I think that most players or most people, besides Austin, are. It's like Derrick Rose. Like you just like DeRozan. He just seems like a legitimately good dude. But no, for for sure, it's the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have the assets to get him without giving up Austin Reese. Austin Reese. <laughs> <laughs> again, D'Angelo Russell is a good asset to get back if you... Like, it's not like D'Angelo Russell is a terrible player. He's only 26, 27, so he's also still relatively young. If you trade DeRozan for D'Lo and a conditional pick, and then you flip D'Lo for another pick, I don't hate it. Other teams where I think DeRozan could work, maybe the Mavericks. Um, Did we talk about the fact that Mark Cuban is selling the Mavericks. Did we talk about that when it happened? No. Wait, wh- why? Wait, you didn't know that? No. Why is he selling I, the Mavs? I don't remember the reason. Selling the Mavs. The NBA is not going to be the same without good old Mark Cuban. I'm sure he'll still be involved. Um... To the family of Miriam Adelson, widow, the widow of GOP donor and casino magnate Eldon Adelson. Uh, I can't 
see any reason why he did it. That's going to be crazy. Uh, well, I can tell you why he did it, because he's going to make $3.5 on it. True. Um, but honestly, when you think of, like, owners, he's NBA owners, he's probably the first one that comes to mind. Oh, for sure. I think he's been probably the most visible and outspoken owner. Yeah. I mean, just look at 2K. Like, after you have a good game in my career, like, sometimes you get a video message from Mark from Cuban. Mark Cuban, yeah. Uh, oh, that's going to suck. He's on, he was on Shark Tank. Like that's the only gonna... other one I can think of is Herb Simon, but that's because I'm a Pacer fan. Uh, that's gonna suck for the NBA, dude. Maybe he'll go out and buy another team. Just buy the Cavs. Assets. It's sad because, <laughs> like, this Luca thing—it's his team, and Luca is probably going to win a championship in Dallas. Yeah. He's too good. I would have stayed at least to get that one and then sold after. Hmm. But what if he does it? What if what? What if Luca doesn't win a ring in Dallas and Luca leaves? That would be so sad. <laughs> Just because like it seems like he really actually enjoys being there. Yeah. Um, oh, OG Ananobi. That's the next one. <laughs> the thing about Ananobi is he fits literally every team in the league. Yeah. Like there, there's not, there's no debate over where is his best fit because any team he plays for, you can slot him in at the two, three, or four, and you're better for it. Yep. Um, He's a player I wanted on the Pacers for a long time. I don't think we like it. He doesn't fit our timeline. Not that he's old or anything, but like the team has a lot of twenty-year-olds, so that ship has sailed. Again, Dallas Mavericks, Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are two teams that come to mind for me. Um. Obviously, it would take more, but what about a swap of Ananobi and Mitchell? Honestly, that's a really good one, honestly. But uh, then again, but that really wouldn't be selling. That would more be that would more be acquiring Mitchell to try and compete, would it not? Yeah, but I feel like the Raptors want a quick turnaround. And if yeah. you have a core of Scotty Barnes, Donovan Mitchell, and Pascal Siakam, that's a lot of offense. That is a lot of offense. That's exciting offense. Um, and again, you, I, I don't always look at it as what's the immediate value I look at it as what's the long-term value because 
when you're trading a piece, you can always flip them later for even more assets. So the problem is Donovan Mitchell, you don't get more assets back than Donovan Mitchell there. If anything, you are giving more assets because Donovan Mitchell is the far better player, but need over greed. I, th I think that Ananobi would fit the Cavs very well. He would basically be what we've hoped Isaac Okoro became. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and it would give us wing, a wing, more wing depth to go along with Max Struess. Isaac the, the 76ers is a scary idea because I I just don't want that team to be better. The 76ers live in like this weird space in my head where like I always think they're good but I never like think about them as a finals contender. Right? I I agree. I think I'm coming more around to it as um Tyrese Maxey develops more and more because obviously Joel Embiid is top three player in the NBA, top five player in the NBA right now. I don't know right off the top of my head. I'd say he's top three, but top five for sure. Um, and Tyrese Maxey, you can't sing enough praises about him. Yeah, he's doing amazing. So I think that adding another piece, especially a defensive piece, to that team at its core just would kind of shift the landscape a little bit to where now you're not thinking about them or you're not not thinking about them. You're strongly considering them as a contender, which they are. It's just, like you said, they live in this weird space where it's like, you don't really think about them that way. Probably no. because Tobias Harris. You don't. That's kind of weird. Saying things like this when we eventually have fans is going to backfire on us because we're going to have the 76ers fans <laughs> flaming us. But, you know, all five of them. But, yeah, I mean, it's... No, it, like, it makes like, no like, sense to me. Like, how many playoff flameouts do you need to see? I think for me it's because I'm still stuck on the process days. Because in <laughs> my head we're practice. still... No, we're we're still there. And Joel Embiid is nice. Me. No, in my head we are. Joel Embiid is nice to me. That's fair. Like, he's, again, top five player in the NBA. But I'm still thinking about Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor. Like, Markel Fultz, Ben like, Simmons. This was, like, they've missed on so many picks. And I don't... It's not fair to say they missed on Markel Fultz because... Prior was, to the injury, that that was. I'm about to say that was just injury. circumstance. Yeah, that was. That was just unlucky. Julia Okafor and what was the other? Who's the big? Uh, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel. Julia Okafor and Nerlens Noel. If they had played ten years earlier, superstars. Yeah, hundred percent. They they just couldn't keep up with the modern game. But in my head, because Joel Embiid, there was that same thing. Oh, he missed his whole first season because he was injured. Oh, he missed time in the second season because he was he was another bust. Sixers missed again, and I I don't think I've got over that yet. Even though like now he is a legitimate superstar. Um. So yeah, I think the 76ers just live in that space. 
because realistically, and this is going to turn around, as an NBA fan, not as a 76ers fan, because if you're a fan of your own team, like obviously you, you pay attention to them, but there's this big block of time between Allen Iverson and Joel Embiid that just I don't remember. Oh, you that's a lot of sucking. That's a lot of sucking. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably going to get people upset. <laughs> I don't care. They're, They're from Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm a Penguins fan. You are a Penguins Pittsburgh fan. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia kind of fight. That's fine. I don't care. Um, but any guard or wing play is going to fit perfectly with the 76ers. Yes. Do, what about, okay, I haven't seen this name pop up on any rumor mill website yet, but Mikhail Bridges. If you are a contending team, do you basically write a blank check of assets to acquire Mikhail Bridges? Because I do. Yeah. Yeah, he, he fixes a lot of... A Again, lot of he's he's an OG on an OB. He's someone you can plug in anywhere. He, I think he has better go, offense than OG. He's better That's offense, just... but defensively, they're very similar. That's fair. That's very fair. Or, on the flip side, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, are you moving assets to try to compete? If you're the Brooklyn Nets, where are the Brooklyn Nets currently in the? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I haven't looked at the standings in a second. I haven't looked at like. Thompson. Okay, they're 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 just on they're just under ye the old old Pacers. Look at that. Just under ye old Pacers. Yeah. So like. They're yeah, they're in striking. I don't, I don't think I would if I was the Nets, though. You'd ship out Ben Simmons for some assets, yeah. if you can get assets for Ben Simmons. Sure, you could get assets for <laughs> Ben Simmons. They wouldn't okay. be good assets, but they'd be assets. I'm about to say, if you say so, buddy. A conditional future second round pick is an asset. <laughs> if you say so, buddy. Where did my? Oh, there's my drink. <clears throat> I need water. Yes, I actually have water today. Shocking. Oh, not alcohol? That's weird. What brand of water is it? Or it, is it a brand? It's just store brand. Like, it's um, a... Roger brand. Not a sponsor. Roger brand. Gross. Um, no, one of my favorite... Well, not one of my favorite. I'm not going to say one of my favorite YouTubers. A YouTuber I watched died the other day from alcohol. So it made me like, oh, breaks, like take a little break. Which one? Um, Mitten Squad. Oh, that's what he died from? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like we're derailment time. This is a new Angelo segment where we just go off the rails. Yeah, so sure. like I saw the post that he had passed away. And so I was like. You know, because we we had that hoax. I don't know if you remember that little girl. I call it. She was like fourteen. Uh, some social media starlet over the summer, where like everyone was saying she was dead and she was killed in a whatever. 
and then it ended up being a hoax. So I, I was doing like fact checking on it and I saw like a ton of posts from him about his struggles with alcoholism and um like how he was hospitalized multiple times and yeah, that that's what did it? He actually made a post like three weeks before that it um was a problem. Yeah. So so yeah. He blew so like right before when he, he was involuntarily hospitalized, he blew like a point three eight six. Like Oh Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a problem. He was drinking like a whole handle of rum a day. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He was he said and it, he was publicly talking about like these were all on his like Twitter posts, so like it's fine to talk about. Um, but he was being he was getting blackout drunk three times a week minimum. Jab, you're coming to Jesus moment, buddy. Um, no, because I never get like I haven't drank a ton since I was younger. Like, I don't like the feeling. I like the taste more than anything. So. Fair. Like if I go out for drinks with friends or anything, it's just like I drink enough to enjoy myself, but I don't like I don't drink enough to where like they say if you have more than three drinks, you shouldn't drive. I don't drink that much. Gotcha. Um, but no, it did make me like just think things through more. Um, hey, status alert, Ben Simmons expected to miss at least two more weeks. Nice. Has he played yet this season? I don't know, dude. He has. He's averaging 6.5 points. It's just sad. 11 rebounds, 7 assists. That's not a terrible NBA player stat line. If he did not get paid what he got paid, you would like to have someone on your team that averaged 7, 11, and 8. If you say so. You wouldn't? Yeah, I would. Oh, God. That's actually the only trade rumors I've seen. I think I've seen, like, other small ones. Uh, Wait, wait, hold on. There was something else. Where are my notes? Notes, 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 notes. Notes, 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 notes. notes. They're the notiest. Oh, I had the Giannis Pacers altercation, but that's way too far in the past to even care about. Do you, so as a Pacers fan, do you enjoy the whole uh, Bucks Pacers rivalry that basically started? During the playing tournament, um, I do. Just because, like, I don't enjoy it in the context of like, oh, I enjoy this rivalry between two teams, because I think that rivalries tend to get pretty stupid, and then you end up with things like the malice at the palace, and nobody wants to be there. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I enjoy about it 
is the fact that there's a contending team in the East that has a problem with the Pacers, and that's a good sign for the future. I'm not saying the Pacers are going to win it all this year or within the next two or three years probably, but it's a good sign when you have a young star player and the other team takes notice. Tyrese Halliburton is now the second highest rated point guard in NBA 2K. He deserves it, quite honestly. He deserves it. Yeah, he's been balling out, dude. I just wish, like, Benedict Matherin's shown some flashes, but no, I am excited for the next Pacers box matchup because I know how the Pacers are. I know how not Pacers. I I know how NBA teams are, and I don't remember if the next Bucks game is a home game for the Pacers. But wasn't there? Was it? Giannis, who a couple years ago the mascot stole the ball from and ran up the ladder. Do you remember that? I don't. Hold on. What happened with that? Stole the... I I don't remember if it was Giannis, but I want to say it was Rocky, the mascot for the Nuggets. Did what exactly? He stole the ball from Giannis or something... I, I'm Googling because I don't remember. It just came into my head, and I hope that teams start doing that because he did have a full-blown meltdown about the ball. Um, I think it was Ben Simmons. It was Ben Simmons. I don't know. Maybe it was a fever dream, but (laughs) I vaguely remember there being because he does this like ladder. Okay, fun NBA trivia here. Rocky is the highest paid mascot because he does like actual like death defying stunts. And one of the stunts he does is he makes a 30-foot shot where he climbs up this, like, massive... Defying stunts. Yeah, no. Like, unsecured, he just climbs this massive ladder that goes almost up to the freaking scoreboard. It is insane. Okay. Um, And I vaguely remember him stealing the ball from one of the players on the other team and sprinting up the ladder as fast as he could. But I can't find it. And you think it's Giannis? I think it was either Giannis or Ben Simmons. No, if if you've never seen it, go, like, watch him do it, because I get sweaty palms watching his performances. Because, like, other mascots, oh, they do the trampolines and the backflips and stuff like that, and that's super cool. Their cheerleader is awesome. But, like, he actually does things that feel like a mascot should do. And yeah, he's the highest paid mascot in sports. 
Um, is that all I got? I think that's all I got. <laughs> okay, that's all you got? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I had something else. I had something else. I can see the spot on my notes where I, when I, so I copy and pasted the Westbrook quote. And when I did that, I copied over half of my notes. And I don't remember what the next one was, but like all of the ones, like I know that this one, like this empty space was Markinen, and we talked about Markinen, but I don't remember what was before Markinen. There was something in my notes after Draymond Green, but because I didn't have Ja on my notes because I just remembered that today. Um, but when I was making my notes last week or at the end of the week, I, there was something after Draymond, but before Markkanen. But Markkanen's not even here, so I don't remember what that was. I can't believe you didn't know Mark Cuban was selling. No. That's crazy. Um, I'll give it one good college try to see if I can find it. I Oh, Pistons. Pistons. Tragic. 25 game losing streak. Yeah. How far do you think they're going to take it? What's the record? Um That's a good question. Longest. <laughs> if I ask for a longest losing streak in sports, it's probably someone in baseball. Most definitely. I'm going to look, just give you a second. Oh, there's a Wikipedia page about the longest losing streaks. Um, football has 29 games. That's two seasons. Yeah. The Chicago Cardinals from 1942 to 1945. Um... Then the Buccaneers in 76 to 77 lost 26 games. Um, in football, football, um, football, football, national team for San Marino has lost 61 straight games. Oh my God. But that's like they only play in national. In terms of Major League Soccer, it was 12 games, the Premier League was 16 games. In NASCAR auto racing, J.D. McGuffey lost 653 races and then died in a crash on the fifth lap of the 1991 Budweiser at the Glen. Did not win a race in his entire career. Um, it, it wasn't baseball. The um, longest losing streak in American Association was 26 games. 1889 by the Louisville Colonels. National League is 24 games in 1899 by the Cleveland Spiders. I'm just going to tell you right now, that is the worst team name I've ever heard. So funny enough, when we were in Cleveland, because they were called the Indians. Mm -hmm. So they had to rebrand. When they went to rebrand and the city voted, the Cleveland Spiders were actually one of the options to vote on. That's disgusting. 
Um, the American League was 21 games by the Baltimore Orioles in 1988. I'm just longest... surprised it's it's only 20 games. That's what I'm saying. The longest consecutive losing decisions of a pitcher was Anthony Young, 27 from 1992 to 1993. Okay, so the NBA, the record was the process 76ers, 28 games, two times. 2014 and 2015, back to back. They lost 28 games in a row. That's embarrassing. Uh, in esports, 42 matches for the Shanghai Dragons in Overwatch. <laughs> NHL hockey, 18 games, Pittsburgh Penguins, the year that the Sydney Crosby sweepstakes happened. Uh, wrestling, 269 matches from Kurt Hawkins. And Padel, whatever that is, Martin O'Reilly lost 24 straight matches last year, and then the year next year he lost 16 straight matches. I don't know what that is. But apparently this guy sucks at it. And Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, huh. Do I have to Google longest NBA? So, so it, it, it's 28 games. 26 games. It's 28 games. I'm literally, it was the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Also, um, it was the it was the process. The process. Yeah, I just said that. Um, the longest in professional U.S. team sports history is the worst Wikipedia edit I've ever seen, because it just says ultimate frisbee, twenty twenty three seventy consecutive losses, the longest losing streak in professional U.S. team sports history. Who? Who has it? You cannot just tell me 70 consecutive matches and not tell me who was in the match. Also, what the... F Forgot this episode is not explicit. Uh, what is Padel? So, the, so, okay, so it's 26 in a single season. Oh, okay. okay that's... The, the 76ers lost their 28 games over the span of two seasons, so the end of one season, start of another season. So the Pistons are one away from the single season and three away from the all-time. <laughs> Pistons fans have started chanting, sell the team. Really? Yeah. Um. Oh, I think this was on my notes. Um, Miami Heat are going to uh, retire Udonis Haslam's jersey. I think that's cool. Like, he's never, he's not like a. No one will say Udonis Haslam is an all time great or anything like that, but he is an all time Heat. Um, yeah. Man embodied the Heat culture. He was, even in his old age, was someone that would probably jump out of the court, jump out out onto the court if a fight broke out and really just uh 
He lived for that team. He did. Is he still going? Uh, no, he retired. Okay. Um, the Utah Jazz posted a video uh, mocking the Pistons because they, they beat the Pistons to give them number 25. And the it, it was basically highlights from the game with the sound clip of SpongeBob saying he thought of something funnier than 24 for the Pistons' 25th loss. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Imagine. You think Pistons fans are just tired? I I think Detroit sports fans are probably tired. <laughs> I mean the 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 Lions are doing good, but have they been good? I I don't follow no. football. So no, like thing, like the Red Wings kind of went through like they had their dynasty in like the early two thousand tens, but it's it's not been good in Detroit for a while. Austin Reeves, uh, Austin Reeves is averaging 24 and 5 on 50, 40, 90 splits in the month of December. He's the plan post LeBron. This guy. What do the, the Lakers do post LeBron? Other right. than Austin. Huh? Pray. Yeah, pretty much. Do they have any picks? Yeah. When? They they have to. Hold on. Why is Google like it keeps telling me failed to load page and I have to actually pull up specifically Google and it's starting to piss me off. Lakers future first. I mean, it, you don't plan for a future without LeBron James. Like, there, there's not. So that's fair. Next year, they, they don't have a pick. Yeah. Okay, so they might have a pick next year. They so might. they either have their 2024 pick or their 2025 pick. It's up to the Pelicans on whether or not they, which one they exercise. Um, and then they have all their picks after that. Oh, so they just have to survive this coming season. Yeah. And then they're fine. And then, like, Anthony Davis is still young enough that he'll be a force for a bit, and they just have to... Like, it's not hard to get players to play in Los Angeles. Yeah. So they'll always be a free agent destination. It was kind of weird, like that time frame after Kobe where no one was going to LA and then it just kind of happened. Yeah. I think it's because nobody wanted to be 
compared to Kobe, I guess, as like a star player. Because even when like the Lakers were bad with Kobe, like Kobe gave them a fighting chance. So if you were bad as the replacement star player to Kobe, you were going to catch all of the heat. And I think that's like it's it's a weird juxtaposition with small markets like when you look at like Boston and New York and LA versus like Memphis or Denver like if those teams suck you never hear about it but we're constantly talking about how awful the Knicks have been yes or when the Lakers were bad how awful the Lakers are and like we all like everyone talks about Boston having the worst fan base because it's money, dude. It's just money. Where are the most people congested? They're congested in New York. They're congested in Boston. They're congested in LA. That's And Toronto. Because Toronto has all of Canada because they only have one team. True. So. I don't know. I, I don't think you plan for a future without LeBron. You just kind of accept it when it happens. And that's, that's when you start planning because, like, it, I, I think it's one of those things you don't speak it into existence. It, it's, it's in theater, nobody, like, if you're about to perform a play, nobody will say Macbeth. They'll refer to it as the Scottish play because it's bad luck. I think if you were, like, Genie Bus and you're like, oh, we've got to start looking at the future after LeBron, like, you're speaking it into existence and he's going to announce tomorrow he's retiring. Or he's going to go play in some middle-of-nowhere team. He's going to go to freaking Utah or something. Yeah, I mean... (sighs) Do you think the league's better or worse when those teams are good, though? Um better i think that so like the heatles were fun and the warriors were fun because they were villains but can you imagine how much more fun it would have been if those teams were in boston or la like you'd hate them for more reasons it's that would be so much fun like everyone would be rooting for them to lose whereas like with the warriors like it was Steph. Like, Steph's fun. Everyone likes Steph. So, even when they were the villains, even when they formed the death lineup, um, everyone still kind of was like, yeah, it's Steph, though. Like, we all like him. But I don't think it would be the same if he was in L.A., because it wasn't until Kobe was in the twilight of his career that everyone liked Kobe. Yeah. He was one of the bosses you had to get over if you wanted a chance at a ring. Um, And it's the same with LeBron. Like, everyone hated LeBron if he wasn't on their team until recently. I'm sure it was the same with Jordan. Because when they're the villain, yeah, you can respect how great they are, but you also hate them. That's true. So I, I think it it's more fun when those teams are bigger threats. Um, 
just because there's more publicity on it. There's more like the rivalries. Like you can still get like shirts that have Reggie doing the choking. Um like where he's holding his throat like he's choking when they were yeah, being in, in the garden. Like directed at Spike Lee. Like you don't get as much of that if it's like a Tuesday night game, and the only place you can watch it is Valley Sports, but it doesn't yes, matter how bad Valley the Sports. Lakers are. Anyway. It doesn't matter how bad the Lakers are. It's Tuesday night. They're going to be on TNT. That's true. So when those teams are better, you get more of that drama. And the league is a league of storylines. That's right. You got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Hey, guys. Do all those things we ask you to do every video. Like, comment, subscribe, whatever it is you want to do. Follow us on the socials. Um, if you Maybe if you, like, comment on the socials, it will notify Austin, and he'll remember we have a podcast. <laughs> um, there will be another episode before our little secret surprise coming out on the first, but do not forget... January 1st, 2024. You're going to open it with no reserves. Yes, you are. Uh, that's all we got for now. Um, I was trying to think of a classy way to end it, but I can't think of one, so have a good week, guys. Because he's not classy. I dropped my mic. <laughs>